Welcome back to the Schaefer's Market Mashup. Patrick Martin here on the last day of June, and we've got a familiar guest ready to complete our trilogy. Please welcome back Tony Batista of Tasty Trade. Thank you so much for having me in front of your audience. I appreciate it. You're right. I cannot believe it's going to be July 1st. It's like the summer's over. You know, I have something every weekend in July. So it's, you know, as fast as June was, my July is about to be even quicker. It's funny. We talk about like, um, you know, when you're trading the, the, the U futures and the E-mini S&Ps, you're, you're already trading the, you know, the SEP futures. Uh, it's like summer's over anyway when you roll from one future to the next. Yeah, that's the biggest indicator of like, wow, this is moving quick. Like as soon as you yep. see that SEP walk in, you're like, oh, geez. <laughs> yep, yep. Now I do want to ask a couple of, opening questions here did i see you on twitter get called out for being an italian grandpa with a wet washcloth on your head <laughs> that is 100 percent true um i you know listen i'm trying to become that someday so i certainly embrace it you know uh you can't take the spots off a leopard they're all the way down to the skin so even though you shave the shave the hair the spots are still there so yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's going to be me someday. Hey, as long as you embrace it. And look, they're making a Sopranos prequel, so it's perfect timing, you know? Tell me that doesn't look cool. It Well, it, it could be either amazing or fall flat on its face. I think there is no in-between. You know, that's Gandolfini's son. Is it? Yeah, the lead role. It's his, that's his son. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And the name is great. What is it? Um... Uh, something saints uh, all the all the saints of newark or something i don't know i think it's just absolutely great yeah it's it's definitely something to keep an eye on mm -hmm. uh and then the other question i had i was just randomly thinking this as i was doing the prep i don't even know how the name tasty trade came about uh and it's one of the more unique names in the finance world and then the cherry logo I, curiosity got the better of me uh what, what's the deal oh. there Sure, sure, sure. I'll tell you. I'll tell you the quick story. I mean, the abridged story is back when we were OEX traders. Um, Tom Sosnoff and Scott Sheridan were going to go off the floor and start some other business, um, and they were using a code name uh, just so that you know somebody wouldn't really talk about. It. They just said Tasty Trade, and now Tasty Trade is really from every time some of the. Well, some of the guys on the other side of the pit, like Tom Sadoff and Scott Sharon, and other guys on my side of the pit, every time they'd make a good trade, they would call it a tasty trade. Okay. So that's kind of how they came up with the name. And then they bought the URL like 15, 20 years ago. And the one thing that Tom took from TD Ameritrade when he uh, closed the deal of selling Thinkorswim was he asked for the URL Tasty Trade, which he paid $9.95 for on GoDaddy, and they said, sure, you can have that. And wow. that's how we got the name Tasty Trade. Best $10 ever spent. Yep. Um, well, let's jump into it. You know, when we last spoke in February, you know, the meme stocks were all the buzz. They kind of kind of cooled off a little bit in the spring, and then they started heating back up with the summer. Uh, yep. Is there any connecting tissue to them beyond short squeeze potential. And I asked this because I was looking into Marin Software, uh, ticker MRIN, I think yesterday. 
and they didn't seem to have a whole lot of short covering potential. So are meme stocks evolving? What's the uniting thread between them all? You know, it's an excellent question, and I don't, I don't know if I have a good answer for you. I will say that, and again, it's only my own personal uh, observation that when the market gets a little bit, and by the market, I mean the overall market, even the S&P, S&P 500, NASDAQ, gets a little bit softer, these meme stocks seem to become more in play and get a little bit more frothy. Mm-hmm. And if you've noticed lately, they've been kind of going sideways. I mean, unless you say Bed Bath & Beyond is a is a meme stock now. You know, like, I, like what's a meme stock? Is a stock that goes higher these days that, you know, looks like dog shit, you know, <laughs> is a meme stock? You know, I, I don't know. It's a phenomenon that I think is um, great for the business because it's engaging a lot of people who would not have been um, involved in the market. I just hope that they involve to the point where they start looking at, you know, some good research from, you know, either, you know, publications like your own or, or look for, you know, good or find good information on the internet like ours. Um, there's just so much uh, crap out there that, you know, they could, they could be disillusioned pretty quickly. So. Yeah. And that's, that's why I was a little confused seeing the lack of short covering potential with, with Marin or Marin because, yeah. You know, the, the, their core thesis of being a meme stock at first made sense of like, okay, find very heavily shorted stocks and go after them. That's yep. contrarian in its basis. But now it almost seems like it's jumped the shark a little bit. Uh, so it's something to definitely watch going forward, I think, in the next 6 to 12 months. Oh, I, I think so. And I don't think it'll ever go away. Like, I think it'll be part of um, the vernacular for for – perpetuity mm-hmm. uh, i just think it'll like you said it'll evolve into something else i think the moves will be a lot less exaggerated it's it's just going to mature and like anything that matures same thing with cryptocurrency as it matures it becomes less frothy it's just it becomes more normal moves to its implied volatility right there's some nuance to it, it, it yeah it finds its watermark you know what i mean mm-hmm. that makes that makes sense um well, we've, we've talked, I think, in all of our episodes about this exploding exponential growth in options volume. Um, I've got some stats here that uh, Katie pulled up. Sure. Let's see. On a daily basis back in 1981, 432,000 option contracts changed hands. In 2021, there are now 3.8 million equities with options available and 141,000 non-equity options. Um, 39 million option contracts change hands on average on a daily basis. Uh, January 27th, uh, 60 million options contracts changing hands. Uh, I mean, it, this, what is this? 825 million options last January. As a veteran of the field, uh, what have you noticed during this explosion in popularity that might be getting overlooked? Wow, overlooked. Man, I think information travels so quickly now that it's not that it gets overlooked. I think it just gets kind of um, uh, underviewed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll, put it, I'll put it to you that way. Just meaning that, you know, you, you, you get like, um, like, it's great that you have, you just mentioned meme stocks for a moment. You know, it's great that you've got so much volume in all of these options. And you know what? What they've realized now is stock is dead. And really, you need to maximize your your buying power. And the only way to do that right now in the game is options until they create something else, which I can't see what else they could create in the world. And I think people have learned that. So I think when, when our parents or maybe even us, when we started investing in the 1980s, you may have thought, you know, 
stock, I'm going to buy stock. Mm -hmm. Then you realize, you know, how many shares of stock can you buy? Even if it's a $50 stock, you know, with $5,000 that you may have or $2,000 or, or $25,000. Now today with options and tight markets, computers, it makes it so easy where anybody can invest with, you know, a couple of hundred bucks can make, you know, two, three hundred dollars can act like two, three thousand dollars. Five thousand dollars can act like fifty thousand dollars if you wanted to with options, which is so great. Yeah, I think it's the lower cost of entry that is attracting so many people. And... But you get the snake oil salesmen too that come out in full force, and and I think uh, I think people have gotten smart enough to to kind of weed those out. You know, the the let me show you how to make you know fifty thousand dollars with you know starting with fifty cents is. Is, is unreasonable these days. Yeah, I can't remember what quote it was from whatever movie, but oh, Inglorious Bastards. You know, if, if there's a deal, if there's a deal too good to be true, it ain't. Right. Um, That's right. That's so right. that is important. But you know, with this huge flood of um, you know of people coming in, I did an episode last week about the top five mistakes options traders make mm-hmm. uh, with two former traders. I went with a very back to the future-ish DeLorean references, you know, going back in time to advise your younger self. Sure. With all this volume, I was thinking now it's almost like everyone's standing around on like the first day of school or training day for what, you know, if you want to use another movie. Mm-hmm. So I figured I'd toss that over to you and say, what are the top five things that you would teach an options trader on day one? Sure. I mean, uh, liquidity is king. Uh, that's something we kind of press all the time uh, at Tasty Trade. And by pressing, I mean, you have to have a tight market. Mm-hmm. A lot of times somebody will come up with ABC stock that they heard about or, or you know, somebody thinks it's uh, going to go higher, going to go lower. And uh, if you don't have volume in the options, meaning not that there's volume that the stock is going to go higher or the stock is going to go lower, just volume that uh, there's a good two-sided market that you can put on a strategy get in at a fair price, get out at a fair price. Uh, I think that's probably the major pitfall that people make. Now, they're making it a lot less by default because there is so much business that you were just mentioning a moment ago. So um, that's probably the biggest mistake that people make. I mean, top five is is, is hard for me to come up with mm-hmm. uh, because I don't think that people make the type of mistakes that they used to make. I mean, before people were, weren't uh, strategic-centric. You know, like they... they um, if they wanted to buy a stock and they were using options, they'd just buy a far out of the money call. If they had $1,000, the call was trading for a dollar. That's where the public liked to hang out, that option that was trading for a dollar. I don't know if it was easy math or not, but that's where the public used to go to buy their option was the dollar option. Today, they're a lot more, um, lot more sophisticated and, and better educated, and, and strategies become king. Getting hooked up into the hype is another thing. I mean, even as market makers on the floor of the exchange, mm-hmm. we would gravitate towards the hype. Meaning, if there was a, a pit on the floor that was making a lot of noise, that meant there was a lot of volume. That meant that there was a lot of money coming into the pit. We would gravitate towards that stock, wanting to make markets in there. Because who wants to make markets when there's nothing going on and there's nobody playing? You want the volume. It all comes down to volume. Today, sometimes... The retail investor can get caught up in the noise, like, you know, what the neighbor's doing or what everybody else is doing, or what they read on Twitter or anything else like that, which you really got to take with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. But what happens if, you know, what your neighbor is talking about happens to be where the volume is? I guess at that point, do you have to jump in or? 
you really have to read a situation. Oh, I think you have to jump in. Like, I, I think if you're, I mean, if you believe what the neighbors say, right, if it fits your assumption, if it doesn't, do the opposite, right? I don't, I don't care what you do. I think you have to jump in, but I think you have to jump in small. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest mistake that retail investors make is they're all in basically in one stock or their one play. I think retail investors take much more risk than anybody who is a quote-unquote sophisticated trader. By sophisticated trader, I just mean somebody who's been in the business a little bit longer and diversifies by strategy as opposed to, I'm looking for this, oh, I'm all in. You know, nobody stands, the, the days of, of, of pushing all your chips in and standing up from the, from the poker table and saying, I'm all in, are over. Because mm-hmm. this market, you know, hasn't been moving as of late, but it moves too quick, too fast. It's too big uh, to, to do that kind of thing. Okay, so that's a, a good question. I can pivot then with you talked about strategy. Sure. What are some strategies that retail options traders should use starting out? So, so let's let's think about these. Let's think about these meme stocks. Mm-hmm. Okay, like let's let you want to be bullish on AMC or whatever stock it is. It doesn't even matter what the what the stock is. Mm-hmm. You know, you can go in and, and, and buy shares at, you know, 50 or $60 a share or $10 or $12 a share. Or you can use, you know, 70 to 80% less money um, and buy like, like two uh, 70 delta options. So they'd be just in the money. Mm-hmm. So two 70 delta options would give you 140 deltas. One delta equals one share of stock. Mm-hmm. So if I have 140 deltas, I have 140 shares of stock. Now I'm paying a debit for that. Go out and sell one 50 delta call. So now what you've done is you had 140 deltas. You're selling 50 deltas. You have 90 deltas, basically 100 deltas, 100 shares of stock. And you can do that for a very small debit, maybe you know $2, $10, $15. And you have 100 shares of stock with defined risk, where you don't have defined risk when you just buy stock, meaning the stock goes to zero, that's your defined risk. Mm -hmm. In the play that I just showed you, the stock goes under my 70 delta option, and I don't lose any more money wrapped around that delta. I'll just use Bed Bath & Beyond only because I had earnings today, and, and let's say you want to make a play in there. You know, the stock is trading for $33. You could buy the 30, I'll make it easy. You could buy the 30 call and two times and the stock is trading 33, 33 and change. So one of the 33 and a half calls, that gives you 93 deltas and you pay, let's say $6 for that. Mm -hmm. So what do you have here? You have the 30, 33 and a half call spread. The stock is 33. If the stock doesn't move, you're long the 30, 33 and a half call spread one time, that's going to be worth 350 bucks, and you're long a 30 call one time, which is going to be worth 3050 bucks. you break even. So your break even is basically it's a 50-50 shot, and to do this, you've paid a $6 debit using $600 to control 100 shares of stock, that to control 100 shares of stock, it costs you well over $3,300 to control 100 shares of stock. My break even on this is $6 below where the stock is trade, where the, where my long call is, which is thirty, it's basically a fifty fifty shot. Defined risk buying two in the money calls that have a seventy delta, and selling one at the money call, 
to kind of finance it, break it in half, gives you 50 deltas. Gives you 100 deltas, I'm sorry, 50-50 shot. And I, I think the most important thing for a retail trader to understand is the Greeks. I think that's the first thing that they should be learning on, on day one. Totally. I mean, uh, Delta is, is shares. Uh, theta is how much it costs you to hold this position. Like the position that I gave you, the theta decay is mm-hmm. basically zero. The theta cost is basically zero. So it doesn't cost you anything to hold this trade. I mean, there's no decay to these options. My example before where I was showing, you know, usually the, the, the retail customer buys the $1 option. That would be 39 call in, in July in BBY um, with a stock trading at 33. That's $6 higher. It has a delta of 25. So if the stock moves a dollar, that option should go up by 25 cents. The same process that I gave you, if the option, if the stock goes up by a dollar, this spread should go up and will go up by a dollar because it's 100 deltas. Right. I mean, it's just giving you bang for your buck. And I think strategy is going to be and has been for quite some years the, the new way to trade as opposed to finding what's going to go higher, what's going to go lower. People are so sophisticated. Now, whether you use you know, charts or you use probabilities of success, it doesn't matter to me anymore. Now it comes down to what's the strategy? What strategy are you going to use with the amount of money you have? To maximize your return. Yeah, it's it's about control. It's about control. Uh, it really is. And and you you have almost too much control when 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 you're trading options because you know there's so much you can do. There can be a little bit of information overload and analysis paralysis. I think. Oh, for sure. And there's actually you know it's so readily available too. I mean you know. I don't want to date myself, but, you know, everybody has a computer in their pocket now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can trade on the fly. You can trade anywhere you want. I mean, for some people without discipline, um, that's a dangerous thing. Yes, I agree. Um, And that, you know, (laughs) the computer in the pocket, which, again, blows my mind, even as a millennial, we we uh, we talked in February and then way back in August. A couple of my questions were very basic lead-ins, like, "Is this growth here to stay?" Well, yeah. uh, I was going back listening and I thought to myself, "Well, duh, no shit." Like, yes, that that volume is here to stay. Uh, in in your words, I think you said in February, it's Super Bowl Sunday every day now. Yes. Um, the internet was a paradigm shift. The pandemic was a paradigm shift. Mm-hmm. Who knows what? the next one will be and when that's it's impossible to gauge that um but how can this interest in options maintain its momentum and i think you already hinted at it but i do want to hear your full answer yeah um i don't i don't think it can wane ever only because it's too readily available it's now on everybody's lips it's no longer you know even to a couple of years ago you know options are too risky you don't hear that bullshit anymore. Mm-hmm. Like you don't, you don't hear that. You know where you hear it right now from? You hear it from like legislation, or you hear it from uh, some lawsuit from uh, somebody who's uh, um, not happy with their with their broker. You don't hear it from the investor itself anymore. You know, the investor itself isn't saying, "Hey, I want to trade stock because I own a physical product." We have. NFTs now we have cryptocurrency. It's just it's just the game has completely changed, and um, 
those who think, you know, like our father's father are being left behind. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you ever think you'd be trading a cryptocurrency? And do you want to know something? If they want cryptocurrencies to become mainstream, and I don't think they're mainstream yet, mm-hmm. they've got to change the name because there's, there's a lot to a name. And it has to be crypto assets because as soon as you say cryptocurrency, then currency means government. And I'm not a government like, you know, I don't hate the government. That's not my, not my play. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you say currency, the Fed, everyone else wants to think about, hey, I got to protect my own corner. I control currency. I control the dollar. I control the euro. I'm, I'm the Fed. I'm the government. I'm, I'm you know, a, a European government. Once you make it an asset, it's not regulated anymore like like it would be if it was a currency. That's a really, really good way to look at it. Would it be like similar? Are you trying to think of it in the same way as like a, almost like a real estate asset? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's it's a it's a crypto asset. I mean, I, I don't maybe I think I'll be dead by the time it happens. But I mean, <laughs> can you really feel that you'll use cryptocurrency to, you know, to buy a car. I know you could have at one time. And I know there are other places that are gimmicking, but do you really think, I don't think that that's the way it's going to be. I think it's going to be an asset very much similar to what you said, real estate or uh, collectible art or anything else like that. Yeah. The, the NFT stuff, I still cannot wrap my head around. They, I don't understand it at all. They are, they're selling plays like, like there, uh, there's some famous like Michael Jordan shot. Like they're yep. selling that shot. I, I really need to do a deep dive into that, but I do feel like it will be an asset, and I think it's a lot easier to digest and unpack that way as opposed yep. to tying it to a currency that has been around for forever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really good way of thinking about it. I have not thought of that before. Yep. Damn. I'm telling you, it's a, it's a multi-million dollar idea if you get it done. Yeah, you just blew my mind. You'll change the industry. Yeah. Well, I always like to wrap up because you guys have tons of stuff going on over there. I looked, Tasty Works is buzzing. I think you guys, I saw you, some, you had some great review from somebody. Uh, hit me up with some new updates. What do you guys got going on? Well, I mean, I just mentioned cryptocurrency, so we, we do have cryptocurrency. We've got 13 coins um, on our site now on, on Tastyworks um, that you can trade, which is, which is pretty cool. You're, you could trade as little as, uh, you know, $10 worth, or you could trade as much as, uh, I think the per order is about 150000 uh per that you could buy. Um, only open only, only buy open for now. You can't sell short mm-hmm. uh, on crypto because of, it being a currency and, and running into a little bit of regulation, but hopefully we'll get that uh, changed someday soon. Um, we just merged with IG Group, uh, which is a 45-year-old firm out of uh, the, the UK, which we were pretty excited about. We just closed that deal yesterday, actually, and announced it. So um, we hopefully we'll be in 17 countries uh, real soon with Tasty Works, our trading platform. Um, and we'll bring Tasty Trade uh, worldwide. Continue to continue to grow. A lot of exciting things going on, and of course, uh, we're thinking about going almost 24 hours a day with our um, programming, meaning all the free content that uh, that we push out and quantitative finance that we that we try to shove down everybody's throat. 
just in time for the Euros, right? You know, you, get, you, you guys inked that deal with, you know, a London-based firm, and then England goes ahead and beats Germany. I, I don't want to say it's a coincidence, but maybe. I, I mean, can neither confirm nor deny. Yeah, there you go. Uh, well, I mean, it was great to check in with you, Tony. You know, I, I learned so much when, when you when you hop on. Be sure to check his stuff out, tastytrade.com, tastyworks.com. I'll throw the links into the bio. Uh, and then make sure to check out some of Schaefer's newsletters, options, insight, market rundowns, recaps. Uh, we've got it all over there as well. And I'll, be, and, and I'll be quite frank with you. You can't get the type of information that you can get on Schaefer at at Tasty Trade or Tasty Works. Like we don't dig dive. We don't dig. Pardon me. We don't dive deep <laughs> into uh, EBITDA, and we don't look at. Um, uh, uh, earnings forecast and all the stuff that you do. So the synergy is there between mm-hmm. us. And, and I, and I appreciate, you know, having the opportunity to put our math side of it and obviously, you know, facilitating the trades through tasty works. Um, my chance to show you my brokerage firm, which is great. Yeah. You guys take us to school every time and I love it. Cheers. And uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Take care. Cheers.